0: Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Pink Pill. I am your host Jamie Lynn, and I have Joshua Knox here with me today. Welcome, Joshua. Hi.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for being here. It's nice to like meet you in person. We kind of connected via Instagram. Like, actually, one of my girlfriends sent me your IG, and I was like, "Oh, I have to have him on." He was right. probably
1: after that masculinity video that I made, right? I think so. Did that yeah. video
0: do pretty well for you? Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, the intro said, "Do you want more orgasms in your relationship?"
0: Oh well, I don't know many people (laughs) that would turn that shit down, right? Right, Like men or women, right? I'm gonna
1: gonna go in, and then the guys are like, "Oh, this is different."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you are a fitness coach and a mindset coach, right? Yeah. And you have you have a lot of videos about uh, masculinity, actually. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain about that a little bit because I think uh, I just did a video about femininity, and I thought it'd be good to kind of balance it out with what masculine. Masculinity is, and I, I wanted to kind of start off a little hot, actually. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, like we'll just jump right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you feel like guys are losing some masculinity?
1: So I thought about this quite a bit on the drive here, and I think the biggest issue is not the masculinity. It's actually they the w- wounded feminine almost Tell often. me a little.
0: What's the difference between the two?
1: Yeah, I mean, so a wounded feminine is someone who is always searching for validation. They have extreme dumps of emotion, um, you know, Their emotions are always varying. They are insecure. So we see people that, you know, we're like, oh, their masculine is not very strong. They don't have masculine. And it's more often that they have a wounded feminine where wounded masculine is like they have anger. You know, they have uncontrollable, you know, they can't control their emotions. They're not very clear on their path. And so I think that a lot of people do have a healthy masculine. You know, they are humble and have, they are leaders, but they're so insecure that they, search for other things.
0: Is this just something that's um, a t- like that only the male gender can get the wounded feminine or can a female also be wounded feminine?
1: No, definitely females. So I think it's more commonly spoken about for females. Okay. Like we, we generalize femininity and masculinity as like women and men, mm-hmm. but which is not the case at all. It's
0: energy, right? Right, yeah. yeah.
1: And I think uh, in today we talk a lot more about masculinity in women. That's something that's been talked about more. That's
0: a hot topic, man. Yeah. I've been really kind of digging at that one. And that was like a lot of what my show was about last week was really kind of challenging that. Because uh, I think there was a big misconception about masculinity in women. Um, and they were representing the misrepresenting strength as right. masculine. And I was like, no, 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 like that's actually a feminine trait. Mm-hmm. But some men can be threatened by that and therefore label it as masculine.
1: Yeah, I mean, most men are, in today's society, are threatened by women's masculinity.
0: Do you think so?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you think about the women that are leaders and we view them as masculine, you know, like a woman like yourself, I view on, you know, in your daily life are leading your masculine, but then in your home life with your relationship, you probably like to flow into your feminine.
0: I actually don't think I, well, you know, I'd have to kind of think, I think I can switch real quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think a wise woman can because you have to know how to manage the energies. Now, if I'm in a setting like this I'm, and I'm educating or I'm teaching, I'm in a teacher role, Um, I'm probably going to be less flow. Yeah. But I, I don't know. At the same time, I flow yeah. when I do that. Well, this. yours are
1: synergistic because they're both yeah. healthy. Okay. Right? Well, I
0: like – I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think that the women that are, you know, heavily in their masculine, either because they didn't ever have men to lead yeah. them – Uh. Are the women that men describe as too much? You yeah. know, so often they're too much. You know, they talk too much, or they have too much emotions. They, they're leading too much, and those type of women scare most men.
0: Tell me a little bit more about wounded feminine, and like, what, like, how would you kind of characterize that? With like, do you work with clients that that you see that, or is that something that you're kind of seeing like socially right now amongst people that you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think wounded feminine. Ties into a lot of, like, what I describe as the problem between, like, a nice guy and a good guy. Mm. You know? Nice guy always finishes last is something that we've heard, you know, since we were young. I
0: think that's a load of shit, man. That's well, I not think true. it's accurate
1: because the good guy d- doesn't finish last. But the nice guy does. Because the nice guy is someone who's in his feminine. He gets walked over. He doesn't lead. He's codependent. Oh, you I kind
0: of, I like that distinction, actually. Yeah, because the
1: good guy is, st- you can be good and humble and have a lot of value and character, but not, yeah. and still have your boundaries.
0: Well, You know what I tell people, I I tell guys this, I'm like, women like good, like, I I guess I should start saying good guy instead of nice guy. I like the way that you differentiated that. But I say this, they do want a good guy, but they want a little bit of edge as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like I've always had this idea to write this book called The Chivalrous Asshole.
0: Oh, that's a fucking great idea. Right? Yeah. I think
1: that's like, I mean, most of the women that I've connected with, I think that's the ideal man to them. They're like, he's strong. You know, it's like guy that's going to open the door for you and smack your ass on the way in. You know, yeah. he's like, he's edgy, he's going to banter with you, but he's going to lead and be respectful and chivalrous.
0: See, and that's the thing, because I think guys can co- go on the extreme end of this when they're getting advice from, like, the red pill community, and they're, talk- they're-, they're teaching men how to be in their masculine. What they're doing is they're teaching them how to be an asshole and disrespect right. women. And I'm sorry, but when you do that, you're not going to get a, a woman that's healed, right? right. You're going yeah. to get a woman that is probably having some self esteem issues uh and and is willing to tolerate that bad behavior but if you're looking for a woman of high value, that's you know and I don't want to say that wounded people aren't high value but if you're looking that if you're looking if you want to get into a healthy relationship you can't you can't go in. To a relationship and 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 with these kinds of traits and expect it to turn out good and expect it to create love, it's going to fail right off yeah. the jump. And then you're just going to create an unhealthy attachment, and here goes the cycle again.
1: Right, absolutely. It's something that I've you know struggled with even in my own relationships is, um, you know, where to cr- cross the boundary of where my energy goes in the masculine and where I need to be reciprocated. And and I find that I I dance around a, like a a careful line there because I I don't want to go too far into like a codependent you know space where I'm putting so much energy and not getting reciprocation and I've talked to a lot of women that I've you know dated in the past couple of years and explained that to them and I'm like the good guy is not then that ha- oh knows his worth is not going to continue trying the reason that you have all these walls and you keep getting the bad guys because the narcissist or the gu- the male that you know, wants you for the wrong intention, this is going to keep trying. He doesn't care. He's just going to keep putting it, you know, energy until he gets what he wants. Where the good guys will be like, oh, I know what I deserve. I'm not going to continue putting energy. You're in.
0: you're 100 percent right. You know, I have women um, talk to I have a little bit of a different take on that and why why people keep repeating the same patterns. You know, women will come to me all the time. And they're like, I keep I, I keep dating narcissists. I, I feel like I have a red flag hanging over my head. And I was like, you don't. Because that person did the same thing to you and the girl after you and the girl before you, and they're doing the same thing. The difference is this: you entertained it. The healthy woman said,
1: "Yeah, get absolutely. out of here." And it's like she was gonna like, "You're not going to do that to me." Yeah, you're going to yeah. keep getting that same exact lesson until you learn.
0: Uh, you, you know what? The universe is so funny when it comes to stuff like this because I think that you'll keep getting this like until you have to master it right in order yeah. to move past it. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to keep creating it like. I learned that with setting boundaries. It's so tough to set boundaries initially and then I kept facing the same problem and then finally, finally, once you overcome it, you're like, Okay, that lesson I don't I don't encounter that lesson right. anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You don't attract anymore because you've already solved it. Yeah. Right? and people so many people are aware. And people know but they don't now. integrate it. Right? <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they're like, Don't fuck with Jamie. Evil laugh. <laughs> yeah. But they That's don't, my
0: masculine energy now. <laughs> <yeah, laughs>
1: those boundaries. Absolutely. But they don't integrate it. And I think what people don't realize is they might become aware of some of those triggers or some of those issues with, you know, attracting those type of people. But if you don't fully integrate the lesson, you're going to keep attracting, you know, higher level versions of a narcissist. He's Mm going to all those things that he's going to be wrapped in a different package and you're going to look for those red flags and those aren't there. He's even, you know, better, you know.
0: Well, it's uh, I think what happens is is it changes, right, like there's different levels of narcissism. It's actually one of the things that I specialize in is Mm -hmm. this and um, you have a spectrum of narcissism just like you have a spectrum of impasse. And you get the very like overt narcissists, the ones that are real easy to tell, right? The ones right. that are real grandiose, the so like, oh, you made me mad. Oh, I hate you, like yeah, red yeah. pill. Is a very easy narcissist. Yep. You can like easy to point out, easy to solve. But once you starting to get to the political arena, once you starting to get into like uh, the 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 higher the higher cognitive functioning.
1: Yeah, they're extremely intelligent.
0: Yeah. Once you get into the higher cognitive functioning, I call it more sophisticated narcissist. Yeah. And the red flags you saw then, like oh, was he nice to the waiter? Well, now you have a narcissist that's nice to the waiter. Yeah. Okay. But they're doing all these other subtle things, and because you're looking. For for this flag, you don't recognize this right. one.
1: They have, they create a much deeper level of gaining your trust before they break down the wall. Absolutely,
0: right? and the, their targeting is much more sophisticated. Like when you look at um, when you look at like lower functioning narcissists, uh, they don't have as many options as a higher functioning right. one. And so they're more likely to, you'll see more love bombing and more like attaching, attaching very quickly. Whereas the other one lets you flow a little bit, you know, Right. they can play around with you. But I really, you know, I never actually heard of the wounded feminine and how do like how would you recommend like how does that present like what do you see what does that actually look like in men yeah
1: and i think i could talk about that well because i feel like that was me okay i think i always had a healthy masculine but i didn't think i did because i never presented myself in that masculine energy but the traits were still there like i was very humble i still was a leader you know i was clear and on my path you know i treated women with respect but the wounded feminine was very insecure, and that was one of the—that's I feel like one of the biggest things of a wounded feminine. Because someone with a, a strong feminine knows how to create, you know, set their boundaries, express their needs, ex, you know, communicate healthily, be able to take criticism. Whereas in the wounded feminine, you're going to be very insecure. You're you're, you're going to
0: be pretty reactive, right? Yeah, very like, reactive. Yeah, and I feel like you have to what I see a lot of men do when they're when they're unhealed, okay, mm-hmm. or insecure. Because like we all have insecurities, course, right? Yeah. But there's levels to healing and stuff like this and being aware like those things affect how you react. And and when you're not healed, you can be very reactive to the world around you yeah. and you don't know how to manage it and then you're taking it out on other people and then you're blaming them for problems and you can't even see your own ownership in it.
1: Yeah, you never take ownership of it. You blame mm-hmm. it on someone else. And I mean, for me, like I didn't know how to hold space at all. I mean, that was something that now is. Can like you my tell great... people
0: what that is? I like that you use that. That's like a therapy term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: holding space. I'll give an example of a time that I I noticed my growth in holding space. Okay. I had a female that was staying with me for a few weeks, and um, she had gone through a breakup maybe six months before, and the guy kind of caught wind that she was, you know, staying with me, and he reached out. And the biggest thing for that relationship with her was he was never expressive, you know, as most men aren't, you know, because they were they're not vulnerable. They didn't express. And for someone who, you know, she was like a very spiritual coach, so she was very, you know, I would say a higher value, you know, very connected to her emotions woman, and she needed that. Well, this man called her and started saying all the stuff that she wanted to hear. And so she's at my house and she's having a breakdown because of this, like doesn't know how to feel. And me, I just viewed her as a regular human and calmly like holding space for her emotions. Listening to her, you know comforting her and I look back and I'm like wow, where's the jealousy for me like how I'm not feeling jealous I'm I'm like this is a human that has you know real emotions that I can relate to how that would feel
0: Well, you know what you did is you made that not about you Yeah, see what what people that are unhealed or people that are I guess in their wounded feminine feminine as you as you said would take an interaction like that and they would say what's wrong with me? Why yeah. am i not good enough? What did i do wrong? And right. those are the those are the three common questions i'll see men and women mm-hmm. ask when when these things really don't have anything to do with you. Right. Right, and then we personalize them, and then they become part of our self-concept, how we view ourselves, and then yeah. hello, let's dam, let's do some more damage to our self-esteem, right. right? Yeah. How did you start to make that? Like, how did you recognize that? Actually, what was like? How did? You, because in your bio, your bio was really interesting to me. I think on it's Insta- new. I th- is it new? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: new because I'm going through a, an image shift. I would say. Right Are now. you yeah. okay?
0: Like, I kind of want my viewers to know. So we're gonna tag and plug your in- yeah, yeah. Instagram. But your bio said. um, You know, that you were you were an insecure and suicidal boy turned masculine. And that really was a very like profound statement and something that I think me being a therapist. Right. I don't see men oftentimes talk about mental health or struggles that they're facing emotionally. So I thought it was a very brave thing for Mm -hmm. you to put out there. And I'm sure that there's a a story behind that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, thank you for noting that. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's definitely not talked about enough. And uh, the thing that the example I always give of how I broke through it is have you ever seen the movie Eight Mile?
0: I literally <laughs> just watched Eight Mile last week. <laughs>
1: Perfect, okay. So,
0: I literally just watched it last week. Yeah, this, this is, is so funny. See, I'm so connected to the yeah, universe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, we're aligning right now. The, in the end of the movie, um, Eminem, like the whole time he is, you know, having this imposter syndrome throughout the movie and he's having this lack of vulnerability. Even though he knows he's great, he's not putting himself out there. And at the end, he finally breaks through And he in his rap battle he says everything that is people would view as bad about him And he hands on the microphone and he says now tell them something. They don't already know about me I fuck and when I saw that it was the I thought about it a lot And I made a video in my car and it went viral and I just talked about what you know the battles I've been going through and the depression and the difference between depressed and depression and That right there was vulnerability to a core. It's like I'm gonna own every part of me and now you can't take anything away because this the fear with vulnerability is if they find out, you know, what's who I really am, are they going to like me? Am I going to be good enough for them? Are they still going to want to connect with me? When really like the we're so f- scared of the pain and the trauma, but the trauma is what connects us all. We all can relate to the pain. We all can relate to trauma and trials and tribulations. That's what what brings us together.
0: You know, you said that so beautifully. I think people, you know, I have a different perspective on on an angle of that mm-hmm. where you know, people that pick at you or try to pull you down in a way, right? Try to maybe pick at you for sharing something about your mental health or a struggle that you face. That a lot a lot of times that's a projection. Of
1: course, yeah.
0: That that really again has nothing to do with you and it's something that they are personally struggling with, or it's this, they feel threatened by you. Yeah. And they have to fault find in order to make themselves feel good. Yeah. They're like, Oh, you know what? this guy's this, guy's, this. oh, you know what, she's too old. Oh, you know what, this. When when you meet people like that, it's because they feel threatened by what you're bringing to the table or your potential.
1: Yeah, I always had this trait, even when I wasn't as secure, that around men that I would view as, like, I'm looking up to them, or very cool guy men, you know, or very high-value men, they would always be threatened by me. In either way, they would show up as they really wanted to connect with me or they would start responding poorly. And later, I realized it's because... I'm just always calm. I have just a calm energy. I don't need to go and flaunt my accomplishments or try to I already know who I am. I don't need to explain to you how good I am. Why would I need to do that?
0: Let me let me like I like what you just said and I want to point out this distinction to the viewers because I hear this in the red pill community that um it's like men should not express or show emotion. It's 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 weak to women and women are not attracted to that. And you just totally uh like that's first of all that's absolutely terrible advice and and number two not only is it terrible advice it's not even true okay women absolutely crave emotional intimacy which means mm-hmm. that man needs to be emotionally intellig- intelligent and attuned to his own emotions and to hers and that's a huge sign of a healthy relationship and you're going to get way better sex when you do that too, absolutely yeah. okay number two like sorry i lost my train of thought where was i going with this i think we were
1: talking about my not need to express my accomplishments Right, and having a calm energy. Right, than, you know.
0: the calm, the calm energy. That's right. Thank you that's that's the part about emotional control see the thing is is that women absolutely want emotional vulnerability okay but they also want a man to have emotional control right that's the difference guys it's the emotional control it's not it's not that you can't express emotion or be vulnerable and look guess what you want the same thing from your girl right it's not just a male female thing like you don't want her like throwing your clothes and lighting them on fire every time she's pissed at you right and
1: and saying that's just spicy
0: (laughs) (laughs) i say that about myself Right. it's (laughs) always you know if you
1: grew up in chaos and you're like I need that a little bit (laughs) I call that my internal filter it's that okay you it's reacting versus responding so the information comes in yeah and most people it hits and it comes right back out it's reactive yeah for me my information comes in I think about it I put myself in the other person's shoes which is empathy and then I think how do I want to respond and I choose to respond I'm in control of how I respond to it you know it's a good example of this is if someone were to say a bunch of hateful things to you in another language, it would have no effect on your emotions.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. But in
1: English, it's only—it's not the words; it's the attachment that we have to it. My like friend today, you know, he responded very ra- irrationally to a comment that he got on social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the only reason you responded to that is because you actually thought what he said was true.
0: It's so true. It's—it's it's that is, thats is—that's a big thing. That—that's a big problem that happens. Is what belief. System are you attaching to somebody yeah. see like I could have many people say that I'm a shit therapist But if I don't believe it, it doesn't have an effect on me now right. If somebody comes along and says something that maybe I haven't healed from I might be tempted to believe that and then I might be more Reactive and that's how things kind of that's why healing's so important is because it really kind of colors how we see things and how We interact with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely and kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier about how people respond am I good enough is uh, the example that I use is you could be, I'm an orange, obviously I have orange hair, but you (laughs) you could be an orange and the person that you're talking to just likes apples. It doesn't mean you're not a good enough orange. It doesn't mean that you're not bright enough. It just means they like apples and there's nothing wrong with that. But men are so entitled to thinking, Every woman must like me. If I send a DM, she needs to respond to me.
0: Right. You know, it's, it's so, this is, we're so synergetic right now. I can't even tell you because I use this with apples and bananas. Oh, do you? I <laughs> literally say that analogy. I was yeah. like, is he really going here right now? No way. I literally say that with my clients. Yeah. Because my point, my, my point's very similar to yours. What I will say is, look, like, there's nothing inherent. Like, if you're picking an apple over a banana, it's not because there's something bad with the fruit, it's not because um, bananas are bad. You can make beautiful things for it. And some, yeah. for some people, it's their favorite fruit but if you prefer an apple that's just your preference and there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with an apple or a banana it's just yeah. this is what you exactly. pick and this is what be okay, you like right? I, and it, well it should be okay but what people will do is they'll be like the banana over here will be like but i'm not an apple what's wrong with me yeah. And it's like nothing's wrong with you See, don't you
1: want someone who wants a banana <laughs> absolutely yeah.
0: like yeah banana foster right like right. it's like Amazing I don't like apple pie personally really
1: I that's don't not I'm not good. a big pie I feel person like I think that's sociopathic maybe, maybe. <laughs> 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 I might, <laughs> might
0: be maybe I'm not far from it I don't know <laughs> I'm sure I'm on a spectrum of something somewhere yeah, we all like <laughs> We all have we all have something don't But we? I think a
1: higher level of like your growth is also understanding that you might not be at the level of orange that that person needs and mm-hmm. i think that's i don't think people should start there they need to start at the apples and oranges but you know you might not be healed enough for this person you know even in my dating scene i noticed i'm like before i was not healed enough and often now i'm like oh i've done too much work for some of these women like yeah <laughs> and that and that's a weird thing to say
0: i don't think it's weird like i i can really relate to that like when you're like E- equality in the sense of emotional intelligence and and an understanding of what your needs are is really important because when you've done a certain level of work there's a there's no tolerance for certain behaviors right you're yeah. no longer in a place where i think you have less tolerance to be the teacher like i always right. i always tell women and i advise them you don't want to date your kid Right? Cause don't a lot be a mommy of, a yeah. lot of women are like let me just raise him let me help him let me let me nurture him into this and I'm like don't do that like who wants to fuck their kid yeah and nope. they're gonna get
1: resentment and they're gonna lose attraction to someone that they will in their feminine
0: they, they will yeah. they, they will and 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 honestly like I think guys that that do that and allow that for women and you can tell me what you think about this are maybe not that into her. Because a lot of, like, because hear me out, because a lot of men that are really into a woman, it's really hard to let a woman do for them. Mm -hmm. They're almost really out of their own energy when a woman's, let's say, paying for dinner or doing all these things. Like, it's hard for them when they're really in love with somebody to let them take on that role. Now... I would say that I have to kind of give that as a generalization. Of course there's always like exceptions to the rule right. where it doesn't play out that way, but what do you think about that?
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. But I think the key thing you said was they're out of their energy. You know, they are not in they are not in their masculine at all. And I don't know that they necessarily recognize that they are not attracted to that trait because they've never been someone who is in their masculine at all. They've never been leading. It's like, I mean, if you were able to, why would you not want to be a man that leads but in today's society they don't even understand what that means
0: i i let's talk a little bit about what that means to lead because i i agree with you i think that i I think that just because you're a guy doesn't make you a natural born leader no
1: absolutely not right and and i think that with masculinity there's many ways that you can you know provide i think Mm -hmm. we focus so much on the hot topic of money Mm -hmm. and it's not just the only way to provide and then on the other side there's so many women that are more on, uh, I guess, feminine agenda that think that it's like you're purchasing a woman almost. I like. know. And it's like it's it's not how it's supposed to be. But there are traits like that. And so many people want that. And I think let people do what they want to do if that's the, you know, like for me, I don't want a woman that's um, just going to be a trophy wife, you know. And there's men that do, but I want a woman that is in her has a purpose that she wants to go after, but I have the ability to provide for her so she doesn't have this feeling of lack and having to be in her masculine to provide for herself. Mm -hmm. Her feminine gets to be the strongest version of herself in this beautiful creation of a goddess if she doesn't have to worry about providing and she gets to feel safe. And she's like, okay, what do I wanna do with my life?
0: You know, I had a guy on here, I was telling you about him earlier, Uh and we kind of touched danced around this topic a little bit, and he told me, <clears throat> well, I had told him that I had al- I can't remember if this was on camera or off camera that I had always uh, Wanted my own life for myself that I had a-, a purpose and I was connected to my purpose And it was outside the role of being a mother and a wife It was outside yeah, yeah. of that role and he literally did not believe me He legit didn't believe me and he wow. told me that no that that couldn't possibly be true and I, I told him I said I said it absolutely is. Like, I remember having dreams as a child, uh, doing things, um, and I don't want to share them publicly here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but does he think that in kindergarten when they ask, what do you want to be when you grow up, that women all naturally should have said mothers?
0: Yeah, like, I, you know, I didn't pick his brain on it too much because I was kind of exhausted by the end right. of the conversation, That's to be draining. honest with you. But it was – but there are a lot of men that think that that is a woman's only purpose. Oh, and here – and I said that to him actually and he really nagged me on the, oh, why are you speaking down? Why are you saying only? And I said, no, no, no. You're assigning a negative meaning. You're assigning a negative meaning to the world only. There's nothing wrong with women that want to be stay-at-home moms and, and raise a family and be a wife. I always said I wanted to be a wife more than I wanted to be a mom. There's nothing wrong with that. But I had something other than that yeah. as well. And I don't assign a negative meaning to the word other.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing with me is I typically date women that are more in their masculine because I like the power couple kind of role. and But I want her to be able to choose.
0: But isn't there like a big difference between um, masculine traits and a masculine energy, like a dominant energy force? For sure. Because yeah. I think we have to kind of create that narrative because I would say that... I'll take myself for an example because I don't have other women here, but I have to use myself as the guinea pig. Um, I would say that I definitely, um, when I'm, I can bounce out in and out so quickly. Yeah,
1: no, I think when you're with a healthy masculine partner, you're going to be more in your feminine. But in the outside world, I mean, you're helping other people, you're having to hold the boundaries, you're having to create your own. Yeah, like with
0: clients, I have to have a lot of boundaries, firm boundaries. And I'm not, miss. you know, I'm nice and I'm pleasant and I would say that I'm, Feminine, but I'm more dominant in yeah. my energy of don't fuck with me and don't right. don't like cross this line Yeah, and I'm you sure know? your
1: you know your partner was attracted to the, that you already had your own path
0: I will tell you this he absolutely loves the fact that I've got my own thing going on and he loves how Independent I am believe right. it or not and let me tell you this we have very traditional roles.
1: Yeah, I we have a very yeah.
0: traditional like, yeah. people in my I don't I don't actually think anybody that knows me would be surprised by that but um, at home like it's just you know I am doing like the majority of the cooking and the cleaning and I don't mind But let me tell you what he helps me. Yeah, and and he and he we provide for each other in different ways He, he does more financially and stuff like that, but I like you know it works. It's balance I think right. is is the key, but the, it's an ebb and a flow But I will tell you this I can only be in that state with a masculine man Yeah, Of course, I would yeah. not be able to do that if a man was not because I've dated men that have been more in their feminine energy and I do turn into the dude and I hated it and I I absolutely hated it and I did end up being resentful. I I dated a guy with, with, uh, he was, uh, he was here on a visa, okay? okay? (laughs) He's here on a visa,
1: so you were the 90 day fiance. <laughs>
0: you know, what's so weird is that my current boyfriend is here on a visa oh, as well.
1: No. But noticing a trend here oh is this like you know, it's like uh, it's like a fear of, <laughs> of commitment for some maybe,
0: maybe that's where it started. No, it's not, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> okay, I hope not. And I'm like, psychoanalyze me. Yeah. Um, no, but he was here, was, he, was, he was here on a visa and. So he didn't have a lot of stability in his life. Yeah, um, I was doing a lot of the transporting. And I this is a really dumb example, but I was resentful that I had to pick him up.
1: It's not dumb. It makes sense. I
0: was really resentful. And I was like, I don't want to pick him up. And yeah. I of course, he has a good reason to not have a car and to not drive. But in my mind, I was out of my energy. And I was like... First of all, I hate driving. I want somebody to drive yeah. me. I like to, because I don't know where I'm going half the time and I get lost really easily and it scares me. So I like that to fall back and let somebody take me somewhere. So the fact that I had to be in that like more high alert state, I 100% lost attraction for him over that.
1: Yeah. It's such a small thing, but it was the big thing. And I for think for me, like, it was. Yeah. yeah. But it, 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 it carries on into other places in the relationship. And i think Mm -hmm. something that's different between me and the wet red pill people is that they think it's like the role is absolute where it's like i think i want my partner to be passenger princess but she's like hey i want to drive today i'm like go for it yeah you know i want her to be in traditional role but if she wants to has this huge dream and goal she wants to go after go for it it's the ability that she can choose and not have to be, you know, masculine.
0: Well, I think we put like labels of bad on it too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what on earth is wrong with a woman having a career, being a boss bitch? They're like-
1: scared of them being more powerful. I think like they're in- they don't want- they're intimidated.
0: I, I feel like it is, too. Now, I think that it can be really harmful for that to be a woman's predominant energy. The yeah. bo- I think she needs to know how to flow and fall back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I actually don't think most women are trying to be that. They've had to do that for a, a survival, mo- most likely. Yeah. That's kind of what that's rooted in. And that's something that they have to heal and work right. on as well. So there's responsibility on that ownership as well but I, I think that most men prefer a woman most most guys that are looking for that are relationship minded are looking for partnership right. and not just somebody they have to take care of
1: yeah and I've seen that show up a lot with women that I've dated since a lot of them have been more and they're masculine mm-hmm. and you know I'll be like little things like hey we're going on a trip I'm like oh I already booked everything and you know planned it all yeah and like what <laughs> you know it's like yeah. the smallest things or you know it's the wording with, you know, I think I made a post about it today on my Instagram it's like text your girl and say hey I, I plan a night for us I'm picking you up at eight that's such that a turn on her. for yeah. so
0: many women like and, I can't even tell you if they if they like you if, if, you're, right, right. if they're not yeah. interested in you guys please don't yeah.
1: do that if you have to know your partner yeah you know or the person that you're t- like I'm going to respond or initiate communication in different ways with different people with someone else I might say Hey i'm gonna I really want to try this new restaurant. I would love for you to join me or someone else I'm like I'm gonna pick you up at eight. you know you have to really know who you're talking to. And I wrote another too like, hey, you know, if you have the resources, send her money to go pick out an outfit for you. She would love that. but it's not about resources. you know, you can still make her feel loved and taken care of and seen, you know, just by your words, just by you wanting to you know plan something for her. If you don't have money, you can go. You know, you can make food. I mean, I when I was younger, I made food and took the scroll up on a little hill for like sunset. Yeah, you know, that's like, awesome. It's, it's just take initiative.
0: Look, emotional intelligence is is highly underrated for men, and it's not something that they're educated on a lot. You know, do you know how many men I work with where I have to talk to them about feeling words? Yeah, and that's not a knock on them. They like when I would try to uh, talk to them about how they're feeling, they didn't even have the language to tell me how they were feeling about something. And so we were really and and that makes me so sad because uh there's so much discrimination uh, for men getting mental health help. Right. Um where the, where they're shamed or or seen as weak and that's reinforced. Yep. Um so so often then I had some some dude uh comment on my Instagram when I was talking about men's mental health and he or I was challenging the red pill on something. Okay. And somebody rocks up in my fucking comments, keyboard, (laughs) keyboard keyboard warrior, warrior, yeah, yeah.
1: with no profile picture, yeah,
0: yeah. zero one three user five six seven, yeah, Um, and said. Said that of like of course there have like why would you listen to anybody that's going to a therapist and getting like yeah help and it's just like you know what this is exactly like here they are trying to work on something right and I'm giving uh, feedback from my own professional experience and what I've seen happen and actually play out and it's just like man this is what guys get. Mm -hmm. This is what guys get like shame on you for getting help. Just figure the shit out on your own. Yeah,
1: it's been that way for so long. And like uh, it's on both sides. There's in movies. There's women that are making women men look weak for crying or expressing Mm -hmm. emotions. And then we're always taught to just bottle it in. That's what we're taught. Just suck it up and be the man, be the man and be strong. And I, the way that I actually shifted my mindset on vulnerability aside from the eight-mile example was I was talking to this guy That was a Navy SEAL and he explained to me that Vulnerability is one of the biggest parts in there and you know in their teams really yeah Because they said how do I know how to help you if I don't know what's going on? Mm. So someone who's not vulnerable We can't be a part of the team because we can't you can't communicate if you're not on your you know a game today I need to know so I know how to help you or as we're all gonna die you know it's the same thing in in uh, in a relationship you know you have to be able to be vulnerable And, and just saying little things as You know the way you said this makes me feel like you said talking about how you feel was such a big thing. I never knew how to do that. Yeah,
0: and when we talk about vulnerability, like there's, we have to. I want to change what that actually looked like. It's not a guy crying in the corner losing his shit. Right. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about emotional intelligence. We're talking about sharing your feelings and being able to communicate those feelings with their partner, but also having emotional control, but being able to express your emotions. Right. And that does include crying. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's definitely definitely not crying.
1: Yeah, I think the guys that are not vulnerable, they have like a shield around them. I picture like a knight in shining armor, except it's not a good thing. Because yeah. they have this shield where they're like, their inner child is inside this man of a she- of a knight. And they're not allowing any of themselves to be. Whereas a guy that's vulnerable is just standing strong as their man, as their human.
0: I'll tell you what, I feel safe around a guy that, that is in emotional control, but also vulnerable. I feel safe. It calms my energy down. When I Like, I feel like I can see these guys a mile away. Right. And you know what they look like to me? This is literally what I picture in my head, these alpha males that say that they're alpha males. But yeah, I don't yeah. know any alpha male that ever has to say that they're an right. alpha male. It's... Like, that's what I picture in my mind. And I know that's, like, a funny way to say it, but that's literally what I see is somebody throwing an adult temper tantrum because... Somebody was mean to them, or somebody didn't agree with them, and they didn't get what they want. And what they have is an ego injury.
1: Yeah. That's they have true. an ego
0: injury, and what they're trying to do is repair that. And they do that by bumping themselves up or bumping you down.
1: Right. Yeah. And something you said there about the alpha thing is, no secure man needs to tell you that he's a secure man or tell you anything about what he is.
0: This is like such a new thing that I'm hearing. Like everybody's going around, I'm an alpha, I'm an alpha. like what? Yeah, like, like when did this happen?
1: Yeah, I know it's very it's strange. It's the
0: weirdest thing. Like I I don't I just I just don't get it. It's so silly to me and if you have to lead with that you're certainly not you're certainly not. And if and if you have to the the way that the, the uh, look Respect is such an important part of a relationship, and respect goes two ways. Mm-hmm. Women need to respect the men that they are with, yeah. okay? But the same goes back. If it's one-sided, you're not in a healthy relationship. It's lopsided, and that, that, that absolutely makes it prone to become abusive or really unhealthy or... You can get trauma bonds, like all kinds of funky stuff can happen when you don't have the balance and the reciprocity. And like what's wrong with respecting your partner? Like why is that (laughs) even like, why is that so threatening to some people?
1: Yeah, and I always use this term that you need the four L's. You need to love your partner, like your partner, long for your partner, and lust for your partner.
0: Oh, I love that. Because
1: you can have, you know, so many people – can love their partner and not like their partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like you're so many... I mean, women always stay longer, you know, even though when they recognize the issue, they always stay longer and they're in that space. Like, I don't even like and respect my partner anymore, but I still love them. And I can relate because in my last relationship, uh, I got all of my information as far as relationships from movies. Like, I I was the king of the friend zone in high school. Like, I never had, you know, partners, which ended up being the biggest blessing. I mean, almost always the thing that we view as... A negative or dark ends up being our biggest blessing because that's how I learned how to understand women how to listen You know understand their emotions and be able to eventually hold space for them But in the movies they portray this hallmark thing where the man like loves The partner more than anything else in the world mm-hmm. and I thought and that's what I did You know I would change my schedule around for the woman. I would do everything I mean, I was so focused on loving her and then towards the end. She's like that's a, the problem and I was like what I didn't understand, mm-hmm. and when I'm like, I didn't realize how much I was like, I loved you more than I loved myself because I didn't love myself, and yeah. I was so codependent. Mm-hmm. And
0: that—that's a really powerful reflection, and I think a lot of men are going to benefit from your openness around that. Like when you say that you were codependent, what did that kind of look like for you?
1: Well, the biggest example I always give, or I recognize, was. If I already had this day planned, you know, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to see her tonight or maybe she's going to be free, I'm like, I'm going to cancel everything just in Mm -hmm. case. There was no, I'm independent myself. It's like, I need her validation.
0: Well, it sounds like you were putting everybody else's needs above you. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And and your needs really came last.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't love myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I thought, I think a lot of people will tell themselves that, oh, I love to be, you know, put everyone first, but you don't put... You're not doing that on purpose. You're saying that's how you are, but it's because you don't value yourself enough, I, which I, then goes around to the boundaries, right?
0: I agree with you 100%. I think people that do that are people that I, – I hear people say this to me all the time. I'm just too nice. And I'm like, no, you're just – you're not – it's not that you're too nice. It's just you need people to like you.
1: Yeah, you need the validation. Yeah. Is what's wh- Where did we go wrong that we need everyone to like us and we need to all be inclusive and we can't stand up for ourselves? And when I learned to do the boundaries – because People are so scared because they're like, oh, they're going to be mad at me or, you know, even the smallest things like I can't come to dinner. And, and you don't need to explain yourself.
0: I love I love that. Like, I'm the fucking boundary queen, man. Yeah. I am the boundary queen. I'm really I, I'm skilled at setting boundaries and I teach people how to do it for sure. But boundaries are risky because every time you set a boundary, you always run the risk of losing the relationship. That's just the fact of the matter. And you need to radically accept and embrace that. But here's the trick. But
1: well, Why is that a risk?
0: Well, it's a risk for, it's not a risk for me per se, because this is how I look at it. If that, it's a risk for other people because they want the relationship. Mm -hmm. See, I look at that and I'm like, if I set a boundary and you don't respect that boundary, I'm like, you just saved me years of heartbreak. That's how I look at it. Cause I know how that raw, I know how that rolls. I know how that plays out when I don't set boundaries. So I'm never going down that road again. So for me, it's just kind of like, Oh, well, let's just get this out of the way now. Like, if you're not cool with this, like, let's just not waste our time, you yeah. know, um, and always very upfront about that. But when you but people are scared of losing relationships, especially if it's been if, if it's somebody that they've like a romantic partner, yeah. right?
1: Or something that's been long term.
0: Ex- exactly. And so I can understand why there's a lot of fear and resistance and um, and, and the desire, you know, the temptation to not set boundaries. But if you don't set boundaries what you're doing is is you're not being authentic to yourself and now you're making agreements and now you're teaching people how to treat you you're teaching them that hey I'll tolerate this hey what I said here doesn't matter and then you're the one that's going to be really miserable and then before you know it you're going to be in a room full of people that you don't know and you don't like
1: yeah absolutely it's
0: far better to be alone yeah it's far better to be alone than to than to 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 be in relationships like that. Right. And like if all you have to do like how exhausting would those relationships be too if like I have to make you happy, I have to make you happy, I have to make you happy, right. I have to like get the fuck out of here, man. I don't want yeah. anything to do with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, even asking the question to someone like what do you want? Mm-hmm. My dad always told me, you know, choose your friends, don't let your friends choose you. And I never really resonated with that until later, which is which is that. It's like I'm going to choose the people that I want around me. And I've seen that show up more now when I moved to Vegas, people Often told me, you know, watch out for people in Vegas. There's a lot of snakes There's this or that and they you know describe people in Vegas with more of a negative connotation to protect yourself And I always explain to them that I'm not fearful of that at all because the the growth that I've had and the energy That I have I will not attract that in my life And I haven't I've attracted more amazing people in the year that I've been in Vegas than in any other time and that's not indicative of Vegas It's indicative of the growth that I've had because people that are not secure or those narcissists or people that are insecure they're not even going to want to be around me my energy will be too much for them in a not in a negative way but it's like i don't even, i can't play that guy you know i, know.
0: I just i feel like when you have and like I, I don't i don't know if anybody ever gets completely healed and whole because i, I think don't
1: think they do you
0: know yeah. there that's another thing that i think is is kind of hard because i talk about healing a lot and it's like well do you ever reach a place of complete healing i don't mm, i think you can overcome things as you go yeah but I don't, and, and I think things can like affect you less, but you know, we're always in relationships with people and somebody's yeah. usually going to do something that's probably going to be like, oh yeah, that kind of stung a little bit. And guess what? Now you have some more work to do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think there's a really common misconception that's unfortunately expressed too often on social media that you need to do your healing before you get into another relationship, you know, and, yes. and the reason that that's such an issue is where do traumas and triggers come from? from relationships. So yes, you can become aware and you can start to become more secure in your single time, but there's not this thing, oh, I'm going to wait two years for me to heal myself. You can wait two years and you have all the same fucking problems. When you get back in relations, you yeah. need to be triggered again to see if you actually have healed from that. You And then you also need a partner who will hold space for your triggers. When I go into a new relationship, I know what my issues are that are from lingering. And I know that if I haven't completely heal them in your relationship, they're still going to be there a little bit.
0: I, you know, I, I think that's a beautiful way to put that. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think relationships can also be healing. Oh, 100%. Okay? I, I think that you can, you know, you can find a partner that just fucking heals that part of you. That's yeah. just like, you know, like, I, I you know, I, I know that, a relationship really helped me with self-esteem because I had been so broken down from a narcissistic relationship. Mm -hmm. And then my next one ended up building me up so much. And that was, and that, I don't know if I, like I could have certainly gotten there and was certainly doing my own work, but that certainly put the cherry on the, you know, the icing on the cake. And I was like, Okay, I'm I'm I don't look like this demon under the bridge, you right. know, or like I, I'm not this horrible person that they say I am. Like it gives you like these relationships you have with people provide a counterbalance mm-hmm. um from some of the stuff that you've been through and be like, "Okay, like maybe wow, you know, and yeah. it just heals it it heals a part of you. It's not everything, but people can heal parts of you and then you can heal parts of you and you're never responsible for the things that happen to you but you're hundred percent responsible for how you manage it 100%. you know like even though we get triggered in relationships like we still need to be growing and evolving and constantly working on that like I don't like it when people use the excuse of a trigger right. either I don't like that because that can be weaponized and be like well that's my trigger you know my yeah. trigger okay that's well not you know your trigger your it's still your responsibility to manage yeah. your trigger also if you know it's your trigger what are you doing putting yourself in that situation right you know so there's there's a mutual respect and responsibility that has to occur in these relationships and yeah. and we have to be careful about weaponizing it or people weaponizing our own healing journey against us as well
1: right and I think relationships are not all meant to be for the rest of our life you know mm. some people are just for you know in your book of life they're for one line one page one chapter and some of those are beautiful some of the relationships I had that were only three months were so there for a purpose and I look at every relationship whether it was a positive or negative you know viewed relationship and all of them offer growth even if you had a terrible relationship that might be the one that gave you all for you to find all your strength right Mm -hmm. you know and everyone is different Um, and I think you know something that I learned in a past relationship that I think men don't realize is I was told that I was controlling and I'm like that doesn't make sense isn't in line with you know my codependency and all these other things and my anxious attachment style
0: your partner told you that you were controlling correct and then when
1: I was in therapy I you know kind of Um, extrapolated that further and realized it was in the simplest thing like she had told me that she wanted to do this new job and in my mind as a man I'm thinking in like my logical state I'm like that doesn't align with you at all I don't think that would be a good path and I'm and I'm just explaining that to her and in that little thing that was controlling when what I should have said is hey you know I'm not no I'm not sure if that's the best fit for you but I completely support you and want you to try it. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, that's like the language, right? Like the language can make a big difference. You know, women are really, they have to watch out for power and control dynamics just because um, the men are, you know, typically the, you know, the stronger sex physically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that I think is always on a a woman's mind. So when they see these control-like behaviors or something that can touch like that, a lot of women will have a threat response to that or no longer feel safe around that person.
1: In the man's mind, he's like, oh, I'm just thinking about what's best, like, they're like, oh, this, in their logical mind, this doesn't make sense yeah, for man. you. But it's who are you to choose that?
0: Well, you know, and I just kind of thought of this. This might be slightly off topic, but hello, welcome to my brain. Right. <laughs> um, You know, one of the, tell me what you think about this. You know, I think masculinity is often shown as aggression. Mm. I, like, when I, when I see, like, images of masculinity, I think of Vikings. somebody with a gun. Somebody that's yeah, yeah, Viking. Somebody that's like you know like super physically fit or something like that. And I think that those are really common images of masculinity. And I think that that gets really misinterpreted for aggression. Yeah. uh, Where men are now being aggr they're presenting with aggression in order to portray themselves as masculine.
1: Right. I think you're absolutely right on that. It's a masculine appearing is what I like to claim, and not to get confused with like you know LGBTQ community masculine appearing, but. It shows up in that way because there's a lot of very healthy masculine teachers in our space And I really see them more in like the spiritual space like Aubrey Marcus and people in that space But a lot of them are not what you view as masculine appearing and that was one of the big drivers that made me want to start Speaking out about it more is because I like to take all life as reality the universe is what it is And you just have to play the cards that are dealt with the universe Or our earth that we're on and you know a big portion of the country unfortunately is not going to listen to a guy even if he has all the right answers for them they're not gonna listen to a guy that doesn't look like that masculine appearing you know if he's wearing like some very loose spiritual clothing and some big circle hat they're gonna be like they're gonna you know use a very derogative term for him to pe- appearing feminine feminine that's not true at all but unfortunately you just have to deal with that and it's like okay so i'm gonna step up as the more masculine what they would call alpha appearing but then i'm talking about emotions and i'm talking about hey you need to talk about how you feel and they're like
0: and huh. you're doing that so that they, they can, can see, I, maybe hear I your should message. think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, it's, it's. I do think it's, it's, it's tough to be a guy. I, I think that there are a lot of challenges men face that women don't face, you know, and and vice versa. But I like what you said about the source of because a lot of the because also like on the flip side to that. A lot of these alpha appearing males are not really giving masculine advice either. No, it's super right. wounded. Yeah, right. it's not healthy at all. Right, yeah. and, and uh, honestly, when I hear a lot of them, especially in the red pill community, like I said, child temper tantrum comes to my mind, uh, and, and none none of that appear none of that appears safe to me. None of that appear appears uh, protective either. I'm right. just like, oh fuck, I need to run away from this guy. This guy's a loose cannon.
1: Right, how I mean. many women get attracted to men that they're just Confident and loud, right?
0: Well, I think women do like loud is going to be noticed, okay? Right. So not necessarily attraction; it's just what's noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and women do like social cues. They do like status. They do like these things. So we're right. not going to say that that doesn't exist. It does, but these are these are. You know, these are traits that are attractive, but not necessarily masculine. Yeah,
1: they're misconstrued, though. I mean, a lot of the guys that are loud and very, and confident appearing are the least bit secure. But our images of, you know, think about like in high school, those guys that were the most confident and loud it's just they were just projecting or, you know, covering up all their insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I think that hap- shows up a lot um, in today's society and why, you know, people that are those red pill appearing or. You know some of the men that we've t- talked about that all these people are listening to. It's like if you're just very confident and, s- and are very absolute, which I think anybody who speaks in anything in absolute is someone you should run away from. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they listen; mm-hmm. people listen to loud.
0: <laughs> they do. It definitely attracts a lot of attention. What do you think is like? You know, we're we're going to kind of come to a close here, yeah. but I wanted to ask kind of a final question. And what do you think? Um, let's see. What do you think the biggest misconception is about masculinity? I'm going to ask you two questions.
1: Mm, That's a great question. The biggest misconception about masculinity. I think what you said there previously is the appearance of it. Like a a man doesn't need to appear to be masculine to be masculine. And I also think we attach masculinity right now the most to just financial providing Mm -hmm. when that's not necessarily true at all. I mean, there's a factor in that. But I think in today's society, it's not as easy for a man to be completely financially providing in traditional roles. I mean, you know, the 1% of the world's average salary is $35,000 a year Mm -hmm. for the entire world. Mm -hmm. And it's just not as possible in today's society that people are gonna have to go back and forth. So I think veering away from the masculinity being just financially providing, and it's just him making you feel safe, him having clarity on his path, him leading, him being able to listen and, you know, actually integrate and hear you respectfully, and, um, just make, and just protecting you. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think that those are some really wonderful insights. I want to, why don't you tell everybody, you have a, a product too as well yeah. that you like brought with you if you want to kind of sure, share yeah. what this is. So, this is
1: my brand, Micro Bloom, that I started about a year ago. And essentially it's a psilocybin microdose. It has three other adaptant, adaptogens in it, Lion's Mane, Cordyceps, and Reishi, um, and then a little bit of psilocybin. And psilocybin has been incredible, for mental health for anxiety depression essentially and when they do brain brain scan of our brain waves, there's big dips and valleys in our brainwaves and that's where thoughts get caught up and that's where people stick in these cycles of um, you know depression and anxiety and a sister because there's these big mountains and these big valleys essentially when psilocybin is taken the brainwaves the pl- the field flattens and that allows for new thoughts to come and breakthroughs to come um, so psilocybin has been such an amazing tool for myself and hundreds of people that we've been able to change their lives from PTSD, getting off SSRIs, getting off anxiety medication. Uh, so we have an Instagram page, micro.bloom, that we have a lot of resources and education on psilocybin.
0: Awesome. And tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Yeah, so my Instagram is shreddedgingy. Uh, I'm still not a fan, I'm still not a fan <laughs> of the name, but my entire life I was like made fun of for being a ginger and I would dye my hair all these colors. Okay. And when I was about 21 years old, I finally said, "Fuck it!" Like I'm just gonna own it, and I I changed my name to Shredded Gingy, and all my friends were like, "Holy shit!" And now it's been the biggest blessing. Like I'm, people will meet me once and remember me for years because it's so unique. You don't see a lot of gingers uh, too much anymore.
0: Well, I think that's kind of what you were saying, you know, earlier about kind of taking, taking that back, kind of like the what what Eminem did in Eight Mile, right? Just like tell me something that I that I don't know or that I haven't said, right? And
1: those things that you take you know, you take control of that you were so scared to express ended up so many times being your biggest light Mm -hmm. and the thing that people find so amazing and incredible about you.
0: I I, I absolutely agree with that. I think your pain parts are really like it's these are the these these are the like the pain parts will do one of two things. They're going to destroy you or they're going to catapult you into your destiny. And it's how you respond that makes the difference, you know, because not everybody wants to ride that wave yeah you know and it's it's about overcoming your environment and it's about overcoming the emotion um because we we all have it you know and well let me thank you so much for being part of pink pill i could have talked to you about so many other things but we only have an
1: hour. yeah
0: we didn't even get into depressed versus this and i was like damn it man i I wanna
1: thank you so much for letting me be on here and be an opportunity to be on pink Pill. and thank you so much for the work that you're doing i mean you're such a light in this world and obviously a light worker and empath that is you know, showing women how they can be strong and take back their power and set boundaries and, you know, putting it right into the men that they're not always right. You know, there's so much misinformation out there. And I think what you're doing is incredible.
0: Oh, thank you. Usually it's me giving the summaries, but fuck, (laughs) I'm going to end it on that note. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Until next time, pop the pink pill.